Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. How you trust or you're in any of this stuff, you can, some other partner is giving them work to do. In most cases, it's the partner's role. You can answer most of the questions. There's one other, it looks like it's... I've heard anecdotes of attorneys being judged. This is a good question for having tattoos or unconventional hairstyles. How can legal professionals choose to express themselves through their appearance uh, and navigate potential biases without compromising their identity? Okay, so this is a funny story. When I was clerking, I went out to, to, I flew out to Los Angeles when I was realizing when I essentially was, you know, losing my job as a clerk. And I flew out to Los Angeles and the first firm I interviewed with was a firm called Heller Ehrman. And they had people that were great qualifications. They were like clerks and went to these great law schools and it's just awesome. And so I got on the firm, I got on this and I was, by the way, coming from Michigan and so I'd been in Michigan where professionally there weren't a lot of tattoos. And then I worked in New York, where there weren't a lot of tattoos. And so I walked into this Los Angeles office of Heller Ehrman, and they started taking me around to these different offices to interview. And some of the men had like leather pants and were wearing t-shirts with tattoos. And they had these like cigarettes on their desks that I remember were these kind of off brands like spirit and stuff. And I think, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but most of them were gay and I'd never seen people dress like this. I'd never seen people with tattoos in a law firm. And this was a long time ago. And we're talking like, I don't know, 20 plus years ago. So this is, there are, and this is how it is. There are law firms where there's absolutely nothing wrong with having tattoos or, or how you dress or you're in any of this stuff. You can go to them. And when I didn't get a job at Heller Ehrman, they called and they said, I don't think it's a good cultural fit for you. And it would be better for you if you didn't work here or something, which was a nice thing to say. But at the same time, you can be the person you want anywhere you work. Most, a lot of attorneys in big firms in LA these days have tattoos. There's nothing wrong with having tattoos. If you want to put them on your arms, by your wrist, that may be a problem for you if you're trying to talk to clients and things, if you don't wear a long sleeve shirt. But I think you need to be the person you want to be. And what I'm saying by all this is there's Every type of place you'd want to work, there's a place for you. So you can be the person uh, you want to be and express yourself the way you want, but you just have to find uh, the right environment. And it may be another town, another market. It may be uh, with a certain type of people. You can, but you can definitely have long hair and be whatever you want to be or have tattoos or near nose earrings or whatever. You can do all that. And it doesn't mean you're compromising your identity. You just have to find the people where that works. And sometimes when you find the people where that works, you're actually, they're going to like you and support you as well, because they, that's who they are. So you have to find people that are similar to you. When I was at that firm, interviewing with that firm where everyone had, and that was their identity. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I'd never seen anything like it. And this is, again, was coming from the Midwest and having worked in New York, but you can really be whatever you want to be and you just have to find the right environment. And sometimes it means getting out of a market that's very conservative or whatever. I was in a situation where I was pulled into a bunch of labor trials without any experience for the labor war, minimal supervision. I had very few early successes, but blew a deadline when a partner gave me an inaccurate deadline and I did not catch this until it was too late. The partner was berserk and came after me and I lost my job. I was doing multiple legal matters and other trials. I was green at all this as a first year attorney. There were other things I missed or that someone with more experience would not have. 
Okay. Ultimately, despite these rough edges, I managed to get our motions granted initially, but I lost my job when the other partner came after me. Another partner offered to take me off other matters to prioritize their work from my branch office. And I turned down the offer and I reassured them I had covered not wanting to work week. Working 10, 12 hour days was not enough. And I wish I had taken on the upper offer, wish I've done differently. Uh, again, I'm not, I wasn't there, so I can't necessarily answer that, but it sounds like you were given work and didn't take it. Let me tell you an example of something that I saw. I was talking not too long ago to a woman in a major law firm that was like 10 or 11 years in. And when she was an eighth year, had been asked to do some project or something, had, even though she could have done it or she told them that she, for whatever reason, she didn't want to work with a certain partner. I don't know what it was, that she didn't have the time or couldn't do it right now. And then they realized that she could. Now, this is an extreme example, and I don't want to freak anyone out. But then she was in her 11th year, and they kept giving her good reviews, telling her she was going to practice my partner or counselor or whatever. And then they suddenly brought up this fact for they asked her to do some work and she didn't. And that was her death knowledge. And this one had been at the firm for a long time. Now, I'm not saying that all firms are this crazy. And certainly if they liked her better, they probably wouldn't have said that. But it's important if someone gives you work then to try to take it. That's the most important thing you can do. If you don't, if you say yes, and you're always saying yes, you have to work on your time. But it's very common when young attorneys to make all sorts of mistakes. They don't understand everything and you've learned on the job. It doesn't mean you're a bad attorney. It just means you have to learn procedures and how things work. And it's especially true with litigation. I've made some, when I was litigating, I made some crazy mistakes and I was able to fix them. But you just have to realize these are mistakes and you do. And everyone makes those mistakes. The problem is people make mistakes in different ways. If you make a mistake for someone that really likes you, that you have a good relationship with and you respect, they're not going to fly off the handle. They'll fly off the handle if they don't like you. You have to find people that you have to do work for people that like you and make sure that you don't upset. And then those people will help you. So people don't want to penalize people that they like. Most people that get hurt with this kind of stuff are people that, what for whatever reason, the law firm doesn't like them. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. So just think about it from the law firm's point of view. The law firm knows that someone's green and doesn't know what they're doing and is going to make mistakes. And the only reason a partner is going to freak out is if they think, here's the kind of how it works. I'll just, I'll explain to you a little bit of the dynamic that happens with most firms. I'm not saying you had this happen, but the dynamics is when a partner is working on a case, a lot of times it's not their client. The partner, it's some other partner's client. A lot of times these are junior attorneys or they might be mid-level attorneys, partners without a lot of business, and some other partner is giving them work to do. 
they have they are freaked out and need to do a really good job on that in order for the partner to continue to get more work. The partner is giving you work to do, which may not be their client. And if you make a mistake, it's actually not it's actually not considered your mistake. It's considered the partner's mistake. And so the partner is very worried about upsetting the partner that gave him the work because obviously if you made that mistake, it looks like you weren't well supervised and so forth. So if that happens, then the partner will just basically throw you under the bus and say you were horrible and all this stuff happened and you make up all these stories. So they keep the partner that gave them the work happy. So this is a dynamic. I don't know if this would happen to you. That's the dynamic. The other thing to keep in mind is anyone that loses their job at a young age, you have to understand that if a law firm lets you go, they have a lot of time and money spent that they're going to have to use to get someone new. They're going to have to interview people, which takes time. They're going to have to. So you have to be very so a law firm, you have to really, a lot of, if you're losing your job, they either don't have the work uh, or you really upset someone. So you just have to be careful. There's nothing wrong with losing a job early on, by the way. A lot of attorneys, like very successful, who lost jobs five, six times as partners, as associates, just losing your job is just a learning lesson. It may make it harder for you to get another job, but you should be able to. And you just have to learn lessons from all this. Let me see. This is another question. A lot of people today are writing stuff about losing their jobs. And I will say that I, I'm surprised because I review resumes every day. And I will tell you that you are absolutely not alone. I'm seeing an incredible number of resumes, like more than I've ever seen, even in like dot-com bus, 2008, nine. I'm seeing a lot of uh, tons of resumes of people that are losing, have lost their jobs, big firms and small firms. And it's way more than normal. So I'm just letting you know that Whoever, everyone, you're not alone. This has happened a lot. I think it's most of it is financially driven. It's not that you're a bad attorney, but that's all I would say. And by the way, all these mistakes this you're making, everyone does these kind of things. It's every young attorney does. No, some don't, but most do. If a law firm that terminated you is not meeting its legal obligations, separation notice to qualify for unemployment, final paycheck, or other reimbursements promise, what can I do to look out for myself and how hard do I have to push on this? Why would a law firm create these kind of problems for me. It's going to harm. Is it going to harm me if I have an attorney demand a law for me and its obligations or do I just walk away? So yeah, you can certainly call an attorney to pressure them to, to pay you or to do things correctly. I don't think, I think when you file a lawsuit, that's a little bit different, but all these things, separation notice, there's also, I don't know what state you're in, but in California, there's all these laws where they don't do something in time or there's trouble damages. You get paid three times and all these things. I don't really need an attorney to do that. You certainly, but if the law firm did all these things, just from an employment perspective, they're in the wrong. So there's nothing wrong with you uh, pressuring them uh, and, and asking them to do all these things. Not You're not suing them for harassment or unlawful termination. You're just asking them for things that are that they're supposed to do. So I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. If I was you, I would not have done that when I was younger because I wouldn't have known about it or I would have been afraid. But I think that, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Everyone that does that sort of thing is, is that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I've had people do that with me over things I didn't even realize. Okay. So there's another question. I wonder if smaller firms might be interested in a, if a person with deep experience in a unique practice area with specific value proposition related to a growing area, despite exhibiting non, despite exhibiting a non spirit spirit. Oh, I can tell this. Yeah, for real. That's real. 
Okay. Yeah. So smaller firms are always interested in people. So the nice thing about smaller firms is a lot of people, they're not getting a lot of applications. You don't necessarily need to apply with the firm online or anything like that. You got apply to a job. You actually need to find them. And if you have a unique, if you have a deep experience, unique practice area, yeah, then smaller law firms will hire you. You, there are so many of them out there. Like I showed earlier, just doing a search on Google for that practice area and a city. You're going to find a lot. Yeah. Smaller law firms would be interested in someone like that. It was a good question. A lot of good questions. These are just, I'm just very impressed by the questions people are asking. This is just awesome. Yeah. How does a six-year associate who shows up but does not have a book, the business still got ahead in big law? Yeah. So that's a good question. So as a six-year associate in big law, so big law is a little different than a lot of cases. So there's typically there's non-equity income partners, and then there's equity partners. So I'm not, again, this, I don't know what firm you're at or what, how you're thinking about it, but so non-equity income partners are basically often made by hours, commitment, quality of work, or support from powerful partners, or partners. Let me make this very clear with a lot of work. So these are most law firms. You can become a partner by getting work from, by doing these things. And even if it's an equity partner partnership and you have a, you don't get a lot of as much money as you can, if you have support for powerful partners with a lot of, with a lot of clients, I say a lot of clients with a lot of, I'll just say work clients. So if you're able to do that, then this is how you get it done, but you have to align yourself with uh, people that have the most business and have the most power. And if you do that, then uh, you typically will often, most of the time, if that person is in the power, be advanced. So that's one way you do it. Now, what are the most successful people do? And I'm just going to tell you because it's, it's important to understand. So I met, I know this guy that's got a $7 million a year guarantee at a Midwestern firm in terms of his take-home pay because he's got so much, uh, excuse me, so I don't know my voice is. Maybe he doesn't want to be talking about him, but he, excuse me. Anyway, he's had such a huge book of business that, that it's incredible. I, of course, I was very interested, like, how did this guy get so much business? And he's young. He's in his early forties. And you know, what he did when he started is he was like, okay, I'm going to bill as a third or fourth year. I'm going to bill 2,500 hours a year in terms of my billing. I'm going to spend another 2,500 hours a year uh, looking for clients and just going out and, you know, businesses and things and it worked. And so is that uh, something everyone can do? No, but anybody that wants to get ahead like that can figure out some sort of strategy for hungriness. Now, I'm not saying that's what you should do. I think the best path is really to, if I was you, to get align myself with the partners for the most work, do the best possible work you can for them, and then they can advance you. That's typically, and then you become a non-equity partner and do that. Or you can go the, the route of trying to get the business, which obviously isn't uh, the easiest thing to do, but it couldn't, that's what I would do. Okay. This is a good question. So I'm going to answer this one. This is actually a very common type question. So I'm going to make sure I cover this. So you mentioned firms prefer to hire younger attorneys and those who have worked with fewer firms. Do you have any advice you'll get to attorneys versus contractor for a handful of firms consistently going back to the same firm practice groups because of good work product, but is looking for full-time employment rather than a contract? Yeah. So. A lot of people do this. I know an attorney that had retired, lived very frugally 
and he worked as a contract attorney. He went to UCLA and did really well there in law school. And then he's some guy that got like a 174 or something, a really smart guy in his LSATs and never wanted to work in a law firm. He just always just worked as a contractor. So you can do very well uh, as a contractor and you can make good money. But the problem being a contractor is this is basically what it, you have to worry about these questions. And I'm just, I always keep coming back to these questions. There's a lot that I've written uh, on BCG that tells about these questions and why they're important. But uh, I don't know what I did wrong here. But the idea is if you're working as a contractor, you you may not want a full-time job. People do work as contractors so they can have the flexibilities or maybe they don't, couldn't get a job. I don't know, but uh, people do it for a reason. If you're working as a contractor and you want to get back into a full-time position, you have to figure out a way uh, to do that. And typically it's, uh, and I'll just be honest with you, it's never, it's happened. I've seen it happen, but not again, I'm talking about a 25 year career here of reviewing resumes hours a day. It, it rarely happens at the same caliber of firm that you are at. So if you, cause there's just a presumption that, I don't know, that if you're willing to work as a contractor, why should you hire as a full-time attorney? If you're a contractor, you may not be committed. If you're a contractor, you may not be doing as good a work because you're not getting exposed to work at the same level. It's, if you may not want the job. So all these questions, you may not be able to be managed because you've never had a permanent position. So all these questions become things that the law firm thinks about. And so you're really so well. So what do you do? You find a smaller firm or another firm where you can get a position doing that type of work and you prove yourself and you get clients or you work hard and then you move to a better firm or whatever, like you can do it. It's, you have to just figure out what you're going to do, but you have to realize if you're, if you are working as a contractor, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get into a, a major firm again, just because of that, because of those things. All right, back. So let me get the next question here. There are a lot of really good questions. Okay, so this is a question from a partner, which I think I like this one. I was a law firm. How can law firms ensure that compensation structures don't necessarily inadvertently prioritize attorney, inadvertently incentivize attorneys to prioritize below hours or client satisfaction legal ethics? Yeah, if a law firm is billing by the hour, then there's always an incentive for people to, for attorneys to prioritize bill hours. So I don't over client satisfaction legal ethics. These are all good questions. I will tell you that when I worked in what, well, I'm not going to even say where I worked, and, but I mean, there are attorneys that uh, certainly will pad their hours pretty aggressively. So that's just how it works a lot of times. But in terms of incentivizing attorneys to prioritize bill hours, it's really the job of the a partner that who their client is to make sure that the, they're not, the, the attorney's not billing too much and that stuff's not going well. So it's really when a partner's supervising the work, it's really their role to review billable hours and, and what the person's working on rather than the attorney. So if a law, if someone's looking at an associate's hours and they look too high, the partner will obviously not come down. So that's something to think about in terms of how that works. I don't know if that's a great answer, but in most cases, it's the partner's role to look at the, make sure the hours are not too much to write them down if they can, to talk to the associate, if the associate's billing too much. And by the way, I've never seen any law, I mean, I've never witnessed a, a, a partner coming to an associate and telling them they build too much. It may happen, but it's funny. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. 
Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Okay, here's another good question. I will mention this one. Some of these are look like they're repeats of the same, but I'll not I feel they made interpersonal mistakes. You indicated despite checking off all the other boxes. I worked a ton of hours, network with partners, the cost of work and sophisticated work, picked up on the materials and got great experience. But when a partner came after me in an unfair way, I got defensive, perhaps spoiled on mistake. Other partners in my branch offers did not back me up. And I went from being on the rise to being told and had, I had a lot of potential and winning lots of matters to out of a job. Partners are perceived me as difficult to manage or defensive. What did I overlook and how can I fix this? And will I even have the opportunity to work at a law firm again? Now I lost two positions in my first two years of practice. The first was explainable for business reasons. The firm laid off all the associates. This time I was not short on work. I love working in the firm and the practice here is, but I don't know how to move forward from here. Okay, so this is this you know, a lot of these questions, and this is obviously you're concerned, but a lot of these questions are just people are getting in trouble working for people who don't like them and they get on the wrong side of things. And so I guess I'll just, this is for, because there's a lot of these questions, but I don't want to keep, each of them has individual things to go along with them. There's different reasons, but really what I guess I can say and what a lot of it comes down to is there's soldiers and there's generals. So a soldier's job is to do whatever is asked, not question orders, question orders, respect superiors, and die for them if necessary. I mean, this is, I'm sorry, but this is how it works. And then you have, and then people become generals. Generals are first soldiers and the best soldiers and that follow orders, all this stuff, that do all this stuff. So this is what a soldier is. This is how a soldier becomes a general. So biggest mistake that everyone's here is talking about, and then sold and then generals give orders, et cetera. So just all you need to do to really learn about any of this is just, it's, this is how it works. It's not just, I'm not making this analogy for to say, but if you watch a war movie and you'll see this, but this is what a soldier is supposed to do. So if you're in the army and, and you're a soldier and someone tells you to go do something and you, you get defensive or whatever, then they're not going to like that. Then how can a country function if soldiers are all getting defensive and overreacting that you had to have everyone has to follow orders that this is the biggest mistake that all associates make. It's a mistake that not also, but it's a mistake that gets people in trouble is they start acting, they start not acting like a soldier and acting like a general. So again, a lot of these questions, I just, I really encourage you to, to read this, a message to Garcia on, um, it's not something I wrote. It's basically me just introducing it and talking about it on harrisonbarnes.com. So read that. It's going to help you. It's going to show you the way you need to act. And this is what people get in trouble for. I got in trouble for it when I was young. Everybody does. So as a, you need to be a soldier. You soldier before you're a general. It doesn't matter when you school. It doesn't matter uh, whatever. And you become a general by impressing, by being a good soldier and impressing generals. So I'm just looking at these questions. I don't know if you can see my screen. Sorry. So I don't want to show people's names. So I'm just making sure I see all these questions. 
I think I've answered most of the questions. There's one other, it looks like it's something I've answered, but a lot of these are the same question. So let me just see her. Okay, so I'm just answering some of these because I'm looking to see. Sarah, just give me a second. I'm looking at another screen. I don't want to show people what I'm looking at. Okay, so yeah, it's not, this is a lot of the same. Look, I don't know if it's the same person asking them, but it's a lot of the same questions over and over again. But, and I, I think I'll finish with this. What everyone that's having these problems, getting fired, getting interpersonal problems with partners, of, the idea is that everyone... A lot of people come out and their heads strong, especially young attorneys. They think they know a lot of stuff. They know everything. They're that they, they and the idea is that what makes you successful is being really a good follower, taking orders, doing what people ask you to do, being just basically being a really good soldier and making the people uh, above you feel respected, doing the best you can, being their advocate, having their back, all those sorts of things. You need to be. You need to be a good soldier. So I'll just close with when, when I was practicing law, I would always with people above me. And I didn't, even when I worked for this judge, I used to go and you know, I noticed that he went up this place and picked up his mail every morning. And I was like, I'll do this for you. Or he, and then, so I started getting to work for him and getting his mail and just doing things for people that shows that you respect them, that are, that are senior to you. And so the better off you do with that, I think the better off you're generally going to be. So you want to make sure that you respect people that are above you, that you don't question them, that you're not defensive, that you give everything you have, and you basically give them the idea that you're going to do whatever it takes to help them be and to be successful. And then a final thing that I'll just end with that I think a lot of people oftentimes don't understand. So when you're working for a partner, just imagine that as an outside client that's paying you $700 an hour, right? And that's an outside client you're working for that's paying you $700 an hour. And the, not only that, but the client is watching you and very careful and stuff. So you need to act like that partner is your client. And that means you can't be defensive. It means that if they see you made a mistake, you're like, I'm sorry, we'll do it again. And you make it up to them and you do all these sorts of things so you can keep the client. So that's how you need to think about uh, people you're working for. And you need to realize that everybody wants to feel important. So as a person that goes to a great law school or as a new attorney, you want to feel like you're a big deal and important. Someone else wants to feel important. The person you're working for uh, is the most important to feel important. So they've spent all this time becoming an attorney. They've become a partner. They've worked for maybe 10 years, become a partner, then they get business. They deserve your respect. They've done a lot more than you have at this point in your career. So you need to respect them and learn from them and appreciate it. The other thing that people don't realize too, that's really nice is that and I'll just say this because I know there's a lot of young attorneys on this call, but when you're taking a job as, a, as an associate in a law firm, you should not worry about money. You shouldn't worry about your benefits because really what you're getting is training. And the training is the most important thing. Like you're getting trained by someone that knows how to do this instead of having to learn it all on your own. And that training is going to make you successful in the long run. So that's Really, the point I would give to you, and you should be glad. You should teach, you should treat them like a professor or in school or something. You should respect them. You don't talk back to professors that are going to give you grades. You don't, you do everything you possibly can to impress. So that's something I, I just would recommend a way to thinking about it. All right. Yes, yeah, so I think that's that. And I appreciate everyone being here and I look forward. And I do appreciate all these questions. They were really awesome questions today. And I will get everyone uh, next week. So thanks again. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.